Welcome to Digital Marketing for Financial Planners, the podcast where you learn which digital marketing strategies are working best for advisors. We interview financial planners who share what is working or not for their practice. Here is your host, Jake Wagner. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketing 4FP podcast. This is your host, Jake Wagner, and on today's show, we have Oliver Shoulder. Oliver is the founder and CEO of Everpeak Partners, an award-winning Salesforce consulting firm based in Portland, Oregon. Over the last seven years, Oliver has helped more than 200 businesses to streamline their sales, marketing, and customer success processes on the cloud using the Salesforce CRM. The team's projects often involve system development, process consulting, systems integration, and user training. Oliver, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah, really glad to have you. I think you've got some great stuff to share with our audience. And um, just to jump right into it, I'd love for you to just start to tell us what inspired you to start this consulting practice. Well, I've always kind of been an entrepreneur at heart. When I was a kid, I would take care of neighbors' pets and that turned into like a little side business. And then in high school and college, I ran a photography business. So I was shooting weddings and portraits and actually making decent money. I had a website, did, you know, marketing online, email marketing, social media, and, um, ran that business for for a few years until it sort of faded off when I got more into the CRM and Salesforce consulting world, which kind of leads to my career in the Salesforce consulting field, which I had worked at a couple different firms and I saw one grow from just a couple employees to about 20 employees while I was there. And it was really inspiring to to see what they did. And I worked for four different consulting firms, all doing Salesforce implementation and optimization. And after having worked in the field for a number of years, I wanted to start my own firm. And the timing just worked out. And so I started Everpeak Partners. And it's been really a joy and a lot of a lot of exciting things have gone on since starting the company, and I, ha- I really have no regrets about it. So how, how long has Everybody Peak Partners been around now? You know, for me, it feels like a long time, but we've been around for roughly, I think, two years and nine or 10 months. So not even at the three-year mark yet. And it also sounds like you're starting to get into a, a solid seven-figure business as well. And so congrats to you. And uh, you must be providing some really great service to the folks who hire you. Thank you. Well, we kind of threw out the rule book and we really just focus on like, how do we create value? And we feel like if we lead with that question and we help our clients that the other things like you know, generating revenue for the business will follow. So what actually happens in a Salesforce optimization? I've used the platform a little bit, you know, enough to feel like I have some fluency with it, but just kind of makes me wonder a little bit about just the nuance and like what it is that you get in there and help people with. Definitely. So Salesforce, which is the most widely used CRM, there's lots of other smaller names out there, but with Salesforce, 
a lot of companies get it, but the implementation is not really well thought through. Or sometimes they have a good implementation, but over the years with people joining the company, people leaving, and just all the things that go on as a business evolves, the platform does not keep up with the current business needs. So they might have old automation that isn't really aligned with their process. They might have users that are not using all the features or are using the system not the way it's intended. Uh, data gets out of date pretty quickly. And uh, sometimes you have people who are just going ahead and creating new fields, but there might have been a field that was already used to capture the same thing. And so over time, it just gets a little bit, un- can get unwieldy. And it's probably really bad for reporting purposes for the C-level team as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the the system really is the precursor to the reporting. So your data quality, your field structure, sometimes automation that would autofill fields as well. If that whole cohesive process isn't in place, then the the reporting won't be there. And that's both being able to see the, the raw data in a report format, as well as getting in the Salesforce terminology would be a, a dashboard view, which would be those pie charts, bar graphs, scatter plots, etc. Those won't line up. And so that's the reporting is the end result of a good yeah. system. Well, and you can't, you know, project into the future and make an effective plan if you don't have accurate current data from which to actually be able to make some projections and some conclusions and some, you know, accurate assessments about next steps. So it's, you know, it's really mission critical. Like there's there's the Salesforce CRM for our audience. There's Wealthbox. There's Redtail. There's uh, Juncture. You know, there's a couple others. And there's like Salesforce is, you know, one of the big players in in this space for sure. But also there's definitely a lot of consistency. And one part of why I wanted to have you come on the show is that, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Salesforce, Wealthbox, or like I'll set up ActiveCampaign as a marketing CRM for clients. Each one of those things can have a little bit of consistency. And, and the principles that we're bringing to this conversation are they're having your data be clean, you know, making it so that you don't double up on an automation of some sort. Um, you know, making it so that all of a sudden you have some spike in graph that's actually just improper setup rather than actually something significant for you to look at. And so just to talk about that, what are a couple of automations that you tend to get set up, that you tend to set up for an RIA? Gosh, there's so much that we do. But one of the things that comes to mind that that is a kind of a game changer for from a time-saving standpoint, and this isn't really, well, actually automation is a very broad term, so it it very much falls into that category, is being able to auto-generate documents. And I was actually chatting with one of our consultants, and um, for those who who aren't familiar with Everpeak, we're, we're a team of eight. So I do a lot of sales and management activities, and I'm Certified in Salesforce, I was a, a consultant for a long time, and I, I still do a lot of technical scoping, but today I don't run most of our projects, even though I'm involved. So a little, little bit of context there. 
but I was talking to one of our consultants, Ryan, who has worked with several financial advisory RIA firms. And I said, hey, and this was sort of some prep work for this podcast. I, I said, hey, you know, what is one area where we can use automation to make a big difference? And he brought up how one of the firms he works with, and, and this is sort of across the board with almost any wealth advisory firm, is that they have uh, quarterly meetings with clients, or sometimes it's an annual meeting with clients. And there's a specific information that the advisors want to have prepared before they have that meeting. And there can be a lot of different things going on in Salesforce, and, and they might want to just be able to print out a sheet of paper that has all the key information that, that they would need to be prepared for that meeting. And so uh, one of the automations that we've done for a client is basically allowing them to click a button and it will suck all the data out from Salesforce from the fields that house that data and basically pull it into a Microsoft Word document that they can either print out or make their own notes on. And that has saved a lot of prep work of going and compiling and pulling the data from different sources. So that's a big time saver. In in Oliver, on that in, in Oliver on that, are you pulling in information from their financial planning software like eMoney or Money Guide Pro? Yeah, so Salesforce is can basically be a data warehouse and it has tons of functionality related to sales and marketing and client success on there, but it's a pretty advanced database and it has what's called an open API. And for those who are not in the super techie fields or software development, that basically means that as long as the other system has an open API, you can push and pull data between the two systems. So Salesforce can get pushed data from these other systems and become your central repository. And then that actually makes these automations with the document generation even more powerful because it's basically a click of a button and you've got everything versus trying to log into multiple sites and pull that information from different sources and copy and paste. It's hugely inefficient with time and especially with something as common as meeting with your client, which is an ongoing and, and repeated activity, cutting down on that prep work makes a big difference. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, we're all equally rich with uh, 108 minutes in every week and I want to sleep for some of that. So it's, you know, how we uh, find the right efficiency for it. I used to say 168 hours every week, but I also really like the, when you multiply that out, it's basically a thousand minutes per week. And we have to figure out how to use that as efficiently as possible. Um, one of the things you really bring to the game and one of the things I really like about the automation works that our agency provides as well. So my next question for you is, how can business automation be combined with the sales process? How does that work? Well, with Salesforce, and I've, I've worked with a lot of different CRMs, so I'm not, I don't get any, like if one of our clients 
gets on Salesforce, we don't get a dime. We don't get a referral commission or anything like that. So I don't have skin in the game to say this CRM or that CRM. We exclusively work with Salesforce though. And what I'll say is, is generally, you know, applies regardless of what CRM, but, you know, I kind of come at it from the Salesforce angle. The sales and marketing automation, it really comes down to mapping your process. And generally, when you get a new lead, you know, you would want to follow up with that lead. And depending on where they are in the process, whether they, there's basically an education process about who you are as a firm and what your value proposition is. And, and as you work through that, if there's ever a point where they say like, hey, uh, we want to put this on pause, having a nurture campaign that you can put them on and having some clear stages, a lot of our clients will do for their leads. They'll have something like new, working, nurturing, or qualified. And if they get put into that nurturing stage, then they get some automation. Another one, because especially when you're working with prospective clients that have a high value, it's not like you're selling them a $20 toy. Your services could be worth thousands or tens of thousands or more than that every year. And so being able to trigger tasks for whoever is the relationship manager that's working with that person to have follow-up, whether that's emails, whether handwritten emails, I'm not talking about automating an email or a reminder to do a call. Another really cool sales tool that we use, and this is an application for Salesforce, is called Handwritten. And it literally allows you, uh, with the click of a button, to send a physical card in the mail to your prospect. And they actually have a literally like a pen that is on a robotic hand that hand writes the card. And <laughs> Jake and I are, are on video chat and I, I wish I could show this to the audience because I actually have examples of this in, in my drawing. Uh, how about this? We'll in, we'll include a couple of an example or two in the blog post that we put up about this podcast. So, folks, if you're listening to this on Stitcher or iTunes, go to digitalmarketing4fp.com, the number four, and um, and this will be listed under blogs and casts. And we'll try to have a link to all of this in the show notes for you as well. Yeah. Anyway, I mentioned that because I've you know we try to be like the the neutral party, and we have our our own expertise about what solutions will benefit our clients and, and we've I found out, out about this app probably six months ago and the clients I've recommended it to absolutely love it. And it's it's basically like a native Salesforce app and you actually you don't need Salesforce for it. But anyway that's good, another good example know. of automation with the process, sales process. A comparable one that I've liked, I learned about from the executive director from the Minnesota chapter, the FPA, and sendoutcards.com is another service that's uh, comparable to that. I don't know what either of these services charge. Uh, Send Out Cards uses a subscription service, but there's nothing quite like that personal touch. 
And I mean, just to recap, make sure that I'm understanding what you're share, sharing with us correctly. The a part of what you're talking about is a combination of within the Salesforce or really any automation marketing platform that we're sending a combination of, it might be automated emails from that system. We can also have it so that people who are employees and users of the system receive reminders, whether it's on their calendar, as an email or whatever, different systems do it in different ways, but to actually reach out to a contact. And so with that, you can establish this sort of like multi-touch approach to, to reach out to a prospect where send them, they come in and they download a lead magnet, something that, you know, we set up for you and goes into your active campaign. Um, they get some emails from that. And then, you know, like a week after they're done with that automation, then they get, then one of the, you know, your IARs gets an email saying like, hey, call this person, just check in with them and see how it's going. And, um, and so that, that way they're getting, it is sort of an automated experience, but we're still including the human element and we're, we're really embracing the human element through the whole automation process. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen clients get carried away where they, they get really excited about trying to automate away their whole job. And there's a balance. Yeah, some, it shows. Companies, some companies do everything by hand. They don't have any automation. And they are, there's a lot of efficiency and kind of low hanging fruit that's being left on the table. But you also don't want to go too extreme on the other end. And that's why I mentioned, like, sure, you could trigger a canned email that could go out. You could even merge in their company name and name and just whatever data points uh, that are in the system. And, and you can do some cool stuff with that. But, you know, identifying when it's appropriate to not automate the activity to occur. And actually there's even automation these days where you can trigger a voicemail to be left as well. But really being like, hey, this is our, our high value touch area in our sales process, or if it's above a certain threshold, and this is when we want to, to create a task for a person to do the work. And that's still automation too. Well, and what I just heard from you is a little bit of a segmenting of your prospect situation as well, right? There's certain, like, when you know, well, especially in our world, what sort of assets there are to be managed with a client, then maybe it's like, okay, that needs to go, this family, this group, we're probably going to earn two and a half thousand dollars from this family. And so they go into this one pipeline and then this other family or other individual, maybe they're a $5 million prospect. We're like, Ooh, that's, that could be, you know, $50,000 a year. And so at that point we push them, you push your clients into a higher, like a higher tech, higher touch automation sequence. So that that way, you know, that higher quality prospect is receiving a different experience in that prospect process than someone who isn't it likely to bring in the same revenue and need the same support from the firm. Sound about right? Exactly. Cool. Well, one thing I definitely want to know a little bit more from you, and I'm guessing my audience wants to know too, is what are some of the most common mistakes that you see companies make when using automation in their CRMs and, and Salesforce specifically, obviously? Definitely. I think just talking about common mistakes in general, so Salesforce had what they call a, a one in 20 year change where they went on Salesforce Lightning. 
And a lot of companies have not adopted that. And they do three updates per year that put out improvements. And, and a lot of these companies, like some of these automatically get pushed on and then they don't get configured right or they, they just ignore it. And whatever software tool you use, there's a lot of updates that are coming out. And, and so just being aware of that, tying into sort of common mistakes and, and automation uh, comes down to, to data quality. And I literally, it's about an hour and a half ago, I was on a call with a client and they've been on Salesforce for 12 years, which, which is a pretty long time. And they have enormous data issues. They have 340,000 records that are in their system and most of it is junk. And so having a process for segmenting away and not having the records clutter up the data that you need when they are unqualified or not a fit. And also, you know, sometimes people will just import tons of big lists. And I've seen this where individual account executive relationship manager type roles, folks in sales will just import their their big lists into the system. And there's no process behind it about how that gets segmented. And then so it just muddles everything up. So if I had to say the number one issue I, I see with our clients, it's messy data. Mm. Yeah, well, and it's sometimes that even like I'm, I'm hearing one part where, you know, the software is improving on regular intervals. This is a part of what we wouldn't do with, with software, whether it's making it more usable or fixing security issues. But sometimes when those new features come in, a firm won't adequately implement them, might implement in- incorrectly. And then on sort of the flip side of it is that if folks go and bring in a whole bunch of data arbitrarily with no thought about how it is that they're modeling their data, how they want it to work for them, that what they might functionally end up with is a whole bunch of junk. Right. I mean, you know, if that's that sounded like that was a hundred something thousand records of, you know, basically this just really isn't usable for the firm. And so what it's definitely doing is costing time and money as employees have to go and spend more time to look for the thing that they're actually trying to find. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's it's messy from a, a data standpoint and, and then also the fields that how so you've got. With any system, you basically have databases. It's you know relational database. So you have the database, then connections to other databases like companies and accounts and leads. And then within those databases, you have records. Within the records, you have fields. And those fields are on a page. You can also have some real clutter with the fields that are on the page. So having buttons that don't really do something that you need having fields that, you know, maybe some fields that you commonly use are towards the bottom of the page. And that it's just, if you've been on a CRM for a while where you can create custom fields, unless you have someone who's been managing this system consistently and, and is very diligent, there's a good chance that there's some clutter and, and it's not finding what you need takes longer. And that's both on a data level as well as on the organization within each record level. Hmm. 
So tell me, what are some of the worst clients, some of the worst versions of all of this madness that you've seen so far? I don't think that when I think of a worst client, if if they have a, a really messy system, for us, that means more opportunity to improve their business. So I, I don't usually think of that as as the worst, but I mean, the client that I was working with earlier today that's been on Salesforce for 12 years, they're actually phenomenal to work with, really savvy. They're you know SaaS company out of San Francisco, but um, their system is a mess and, and it's just too many cooks in the kitchen, lots of different people who built things in the system and then they don't connect. And there's all kinds of things that were duplicated, not to mention duplicate records, duplicate fields that are really trying to do the same thing. Or even duplicate processes, it sounds like. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all kinds of things. But, but those, those are actually fun clients to work with because they're, you know, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit. When I think of like the clients who aren't invested in improving their business, and don't take these projects seriously. Those those are the ones that are hard to work with, and it's all it's a two way street. Whenever we kick off a new project, we have a slide deck, and there's all kinds of logistics that we cover. But we talk about our project management methodology, which is called Agile, and one of the tenets of that methodology is that we are collaborative with our clients and that we are constantly adapting and evolving as we test things and get feedback and get new requirements. And so if you are looking to make improvements to your CRM, regardless of who you work with or what system you're on, really giving your consultant good feedback or you know, if you hire someone internally as a, as a CRM administrator as well, being very collaborative and making sure that you have some project management in place so that you can track open tasks. Sometimes, you know, putting deadlines for certain things as well, tracking who's responsible and and really being on top of it. Because sometimes clients think that they can hire us and we ask a bunch of questions, lock ourselves away for a couple of weeks, come back and the system's fixed. That's not how it works. It's a very as a very in-depth process that requires feedback basically at every step of the way. We don't, we don't just build a whole bunch of things without getting feedback. So I think when it comes to challenging clients is not being on top of the, the feedback that we need, um, both from initial requirements and concepts for the system, as well as feedback on what we build out. Yeah, same over here. You know, one of the things that really comes up for us as we're working with clients on a similar level is especially, you know, working with each of you unique and wonderful RIAs out there and all of the wonderful different ways that you share your opinions, the copywriting, whether it's a web page or an email or even like designing a lead magnet, you know, there's a lot that our team can take care of for a client, but at the end of the day, your voice is your voice. And so having you be invested and involved and, you know, we bring copywriters in for clients, stuff like that, but it needs to resonate with, you know, how you're trying to put your heart out there 
And, you know, one of the major themes of this conversation is, you know, we can automate quite a bit and we can get some good patterns and strategies set up with that automation. But at the end of the day, it all really comes back to you and making sure that, you know, all of this stuff is just trying to show off you, your brand and your way of thinking and doing to your prospects, to your clients, to the social, to the digital world out there. And so it really is about the synergy and combination. And we can go and do a lot of amazing work for folks, but it really helps to have a cooperative client so that we can get the job done the way that you want us to get it done. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for all you folks who've done that with uh, either my firm or Oliver's. Oliver, my next question for you is... What is an RIA looking for when they hire Everpeak? I've been able to introduce a number of firms to you, and you've worked with a number of other firms here locally in Portland. And so what are some of the reasons why they are coming to you and uh, writing you some checks? Well, I've heard this variation of, of this term many times, which is like, it feels like it takes too many clicks to do something simple. And by the way, if that resonates with you and you're on Salesforce, maybe we should chat. But um, there's a lot of processes where people are bouncing between a couple different pages, and we've have you know we can create like a formula field to pull a field from a different area so that you don't have to jump between. And and I'm not gonna, I'm not making this a, a technical conversation for for developers. Um, and that's kind of what we do behind the scenes is is we try to be good listeners and then create the solutions and, and present them. But, you know, really, you know, streamlining their processes, saving them time, like that's a big focus for us. A lot of the things that we do, we've kind of touched on data hygiene practices and, and not just fixing your data retroactively, but creating a process that keeps your data clean in the long term. So for example, if you get to a certain stage in the process or before you go from a qualified lead to a customer before that process is complete, maybe you have six fields that become required when you hit that stage, but they're not required from the start. And so really like creating that process that that guides the users through what they need to do and makes it easy I would also say, and this is something that we didn't really touch on, is integrating with third-party systems. And this could be a marketing automation system. This could be an accounting system like QuickBooks or Sage or NetSuite. It could be, I mean, there are so many third, it could be an HR system. There's just literally thousands of systems that can be integrated with Salesforce. And then getting that data in your system so that you're not logging into another system to, to get that. And having it look right too, right? I mean, in presentable data, usable yeah. data. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's, it's kind of a, an art and a science of getting that data in and, and formatting it the right way. But it's something that can help create a bigger picture. And this is kind of a good segue into the next one with creating that big, bigger picture. And we talked about it, but, you know, reporting, getting... Like, what are the KPIs for our business that can help us make decisions about hiring, about if we're behind on our 
goal for new clients or revenue or number of leads or maybe even different marketing activities or investments like going to a trade show or an event or a speaking engagement and being able to track that lead source and saying, hey, we go to this one event. This is very fruitful. It gives us a lot of leads. We put even more money into this other event and it's not giving us as many leads or not the quality of leads that we got from the other. So uh, getting the big picture of where the business is and, and how you can actually pivot and make decisions from that data. Because it's not about looking at a bunch of pretty charts. It's about being able to take action based off of the data that you see. And the great thing too about these systems is they're always up to date. You're not, it's not like back in the day where you've got to wait for the system to update or, or push out. You get data that's up to the second. Well, and we really see that with some of the financial planning software out there. I think Tamrac is a good example where they used to have a desktop version and they've been phasing it out for a while. I know a lot of folks out there still use it and have reasons why they love it. But you're also seeing the SaaS version, the online version, be what they're putting out there for folks more readily because it's so much easier for them as a company to manage it. Make sure everything is up to date. Make sure that there's good backups of everything. Just a whole lot of safety and security stuff starts to happen once you use these central repositories. And on that, surprise question for you, how safe is Salesforce um, when it comes to protecting your data? It's got enterprise-grade security. So there are Fortune 500 banks, major hospitals, government that house some of the most sensitive data. It's HIPAA compliant. There are all kinds of other standards for data compliance. In fact, I think it's like trust.salesforce.com. They have a whole big thing about it. I mean, most Fortune 500s use Salesforce in in some way, as well as tons of of small businesses, but they basically hit all the standards that really any business would need to, to house data going down to the level of like where the physical server is and what country that server is in and, and you know, that meets certain requirements. So Absolutely. I mean, I know when it comes to Canadian financial planning compliance, they literally can't have a bit, a kilobyte of data hit U.S. soil, that that's actually a compliance issue for them. So is, is Salesforce HIPAA compliant? Well, well, actually, first I'd like to say, folks, that I think that if you're trying to look for a carte blanche stamp of approval to make sure that you're probably getting something that's compliant, I like to use things that are HIPAA compliant because doctor compliance is more stringent than FINRA compliance, not by a ton, but a bit, and that you see that out there, that you can see that there's a a system like Salesforce or even Google Drive. Um, And I know with Google Drive, you really... to be compliant within Google Drive, you need to either be, you need to be taking an extra step with Google and applying for HIPAA compliance. Do you have to take steps like that within the Salesforce world too? No, no. You'll um, there's some lower editions of Salesforce that most businesses are not on that aren't compliant. But 
it just comes with the platform. Okay, so make sure you're getting a good enough version is really what folks need to be keeping an eye out for. And if they have any questions about that, you know, please reach out to Oliver. And on that, folks, just so you know, Oliver and Everpeak Partners are an official partner with the Digital Marketing 4FP Agency. And so what we're going to do is on the blog post, there's actually going to be a way for you to get in contact with Oliver directly so that that way you can get some help for your agency or so, so that you can get some help for your RIA if that's what you need right now. And Oliver, what else do you would you like to make sure that folks know about Everpeak Partners, your firm, and uh, sales force and sales automation and marketing processes? We're based here in Portland, Oregon. We're a team of eight. Everyone is certified in Salesforce. We, as I mentioned, like a lot of us have worked with different CRMs, but we have made our niche for our business the Salesforce platform. So helping companies both develop the platform, the technical side of that, as well as the strategy and business analysis. And a lot of companies don't really know where to start or they say, hey, we have this system, but it feels overwhelming. We don't want to spend a whole bunch of money with some consulting firm that's going to do some unknown thing. And and really, we start our engagements with you know just a, a conversation at first, and then it would move into an audit but we really help create that roadmap. And we, we try to be easy to work with and, and really focus on helping companies maximize their investment in the platform. And the great thing about it is your license fees for Salesforce stay the same because you might be only using 40% of what the system can be doing, but they're going to still charge you that same license fee the forum on the blog post is going to be the best way to get folks to you. Definitely. And so, Oliver, I just want to thank you so much for joining the show today. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've really, I've learned a ton, um, you know, learned some additional nuance about Salesforce, as well as really some of the practices that I can bring to the CRMs that I work with, with my clients. And this has just been a pleasure. So I want to thank you so much for that. Thanks, Jake. It's been fun being on your podcast. Yeah, this has been absolutely great. And with that, folks, I want to thank you for taking the time to tune in to listen. Again, reach out to us at info at digitalmarketing, the number 4fp.com if you have any questions or go to our website at digitalmarketing4fp.com for to be able to reach out to us. And on the website, you'll be able to see, find some easy links to get over to Oliver and Everpeak Partners. And with that, I want to thank you very much for your time. I hope you have a great day. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves and your family. And we'll see you on the next show of Digital Marketing for FP. Take care.